What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I have special guest, the one, the only, Robbie Rowland, professional ketogenic baseball player on the line today. How are you, man? Oh, dude, what an intro, man. It's funny. I'm like sitting here like taking notes as far as like how you run your episodes. No, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm doing absolutely sensational, bro. Like, thank you so much for having me on and, and giving me the opportunity to uh, to just talk in general. So I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, you, you've, you've been doing your podcast and you've got what, how many episodes now? I just did my 16th yesterday and uh, me being like super smart and planning ahead, I've scheduled like seven in the next... 48 hours so that'll that'll be fun so i'll have i'll have quite more episodes here coming up so 16 on the books and uh more to come nice i like it i like it i like i love, I love the name of your podcast the robbie rose show it's pretty cool <laughs> dude you're like the only third person that's told me that out of maybe millions but i really appreciate it um it was it's tough because i constantly struggle with the fact of is that like too cocky when I use that hashtag, right? Like I'm constantly trying to promote it and then I struggle with, oh crap, like that doesn't sound <laughs> like humble at all. So <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it kind of just flows. So like, why not, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So so professional baseball, man, give give the listeners a little background on that. What, what brought you into this space and like playing professional baseball? How did that happen? Yeah, dude. So, um, we'll, we'll try to keep it as brief as possible. Um, so I found my love for the game at a very, very young age, probably seconds, seconds after I came out of the womb because my dad actually played professionally. I was born right around the time that he was, you know, getting up into the big leagues and it was just that, you know, that lifestyle and, and just everything that kind of came with it was just so cool to me growing up. And it was something that I just got accustomed to. Right. So as I got older, it was more of just, that's, that's what was going to happen. Right. Like it's just the lifestyle that I lived and that's the, the lifestyle I want. Cause I was like, so addicted to it at a young age and addicted to the work that got put in and the process and just everything that kind of, just went with it. And, uh, when I was, see, when I was 18, senior year of high school, um, you know, I started to get interest in, um, a lot of, you know, MLB scouts would come to the games and whatnot. And I was like, yeah, you know, this is it. I also played basketball. I was pretty decent in basketball. Um, but, uh, you know, just saw, saw a future in, in baseball there. So kind of stuck to that and, um, got drafted third round 88th overall in 2010 and uh, just went on a journey, man. This journey's been crazy. It's tough to to keep it brief, but you know, originally drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks, spent two years there, traded to Pittsburgh, spent two and a half years there, free agent signed to St. Louis, spent three years there, um, played a year of independent baseball, and just recently got signed by the Texas Rangers. So this journey has been crazy, but I absolutely love it. What what moments in your childhood, like, can you look back on and say, like, you were watching your father play or something, and you could just, you just knew that this is what you wanted to do? Is it, yeah, is it so like that, a defining yeah. moment? Uh, not so much defining moment. It's funny because I I struggle with um kind of you know looking back at that and determining if I remember it because I was. I was there or if I remember it because I've watched like the home videos, right? So mm -hmm. I was really young. My brother was more fortunate. He was three years old. He's three years older than me. Um, so he obviously remembers a lot, but I remember those moments that are, are super, um, 
like highlighted, right? So the the moments that I've spent in the clubhouses, like, you know, talking to like Barry Bonds, like Roger Clemens, like guys that, that obviously had, you know, a lot of clout. So I remember those moments specifically because I just remember, you know, mom always saying, you know who that was, right? Like, you know who that was. And we'd always come on the field and run the bases and, you know, bless my mom's heart. She would carry us around, I mean, everywhere, you know, and, um, but yeah, man, there was a, there was lots of moments I remember growing up, but it was funny too. Like, I hate to say it, but I was like super privileged just because like we were so spoiled growing up and, uh, but yeah, I, I guess, I guess not like one particular moment, but there's a lot of moments that kind of came with that. Um, I just being in that, that, you know, in that lifestyle, you're traveling everywhere. You're seeing so many things, you're meeting so many people. Like, mm-hmm. is anybody there in your life, like for long periods of time, or is it just kind of like new faces always? Dude, it's, it's new faces. Like, I mean, I always tell everyone like, I'm the most like independent person you'll probably ever meet <laughs> selfishly, I guess, because you know, I have, I have a goal. Right. So, um, but it's cool, man. Like I said, I just got like addicted to it. You know, that process of just, you're living out of a suitcase, you're, you're going different places, you're in new cities, you're meeting new people and you're affecting, you know, you can affect someone else's life, you know, every single week and it's someone different right because you're you're good you're putting yourself into these crazy like positions um in life but it's the the coolest thing because i didn't realize this when i was younger right so i was 18 when i got drafted and uh i was just kind of like yeah this is you know professional baseball whatever we go to this place and and play that like i've taken a bus before it's nothing new to me i've stayed in hotels before nothing new but then it hit me like when i started i think becoming more mature um you know, just in life that I started realizing just how fascinating, like the, everything that had to do with it was, you know, like the traveling, the meeting new people, the living out of the suitcase, the being on your toes at every second, like this past year, man, like it's been crazy. Um, just packing up my car, you know, on a, on a limb, you know, Hey, you got two hours to be at this point, or you have two hours to be on the road, like pack up your life, put it in the car and go. That's why I'm so jealous of you getting that van, dude. Oh, <laughs> hashtag van life. Oh my gosh. I've been thinking about doing that for like a good six months, but yeah, um, I'll do that quite often just to warn you. I'll, I'll just ADD. will kick in. I'll just, uh, I'll just kind of go. No, it's good, topic, man. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. So, so what is, I mean, do you have a lot of stuff or do you keep it like totally minimal? Because I mean, it doesn't, I mean, you're constantly moving. It probably doesn't make sense to have a whole lot of like physical possessions. You know what's funny is it doesn't make any sense, and I do it anyways. Um, you're hitting all these topics that I just I'm, I love talking about too. So kudos to you. This is unscripted too. I love it. Anyways, um, so yeah, I struggle. Another one of my struggles is I am a hoarder, right? Like I mm-hmm. I take I take pride in the things that I accumulate throughout my years, and I put you no know, like I put sentimental weight into it. You know, because it's so cool, like little things as far as like a locker tag or, you know, a piece of equipment that I got at a specific date and time in my career. It's so hard for me to just be like, yeah, I won't ever use that. And and I know that I probably won't ever use it um, again, but it's just got that sentimental value and I could just continue to bring it. And then I feel like I'm in a weird relationship with my clothing. Like if I've had a, a, an article of clothing for a long time, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I got to bring it. You know, I, I won't wear it this season, but I got to bring it. It's my lucky shirt or it's my lucky underwear or whatever it is. So, yeah, man, I just recently adopted the the little clothes bar that you put in the back of your car. It hangs from each side. So like you can put hangers up now and it's oh, dude, changed the game because now I can like have an open suitcase and Man, more, I've never seen this. 
Yeah, dude. So it's a, it's a constant like evolution. But so when I got drafted, I, I bought this big old truck, right? And I was always kind of like used to bigger cars. Um, so I'd always like never have to worry about, oh, I got four suitcases, you know, five duffel bags, whatever. I never had to worry about it because I just throw it in the bed and roll. And um, so when I got traded to Pittsburgh, I had, I, I had to start making that California to Florida drive and uh, quickly realized at that point, it was like 2012, gas in California was like 430 grinding. And I was like, mm-hmm. dude, I can't, I can't do this. Like I just financially, like it was killing me. Right. Um, and the club, so it was cool. The club like pays for your travel out, right? It gives, they give you like X amount. Of, I think it's like 40 cents a mile or whatever it is. And usually like I was in Arizona. So it was like, I'd actually get money from that, like pocket some, but on this drive with the, with like my bigger trucks, Oh man, I'd get crushed, like paying out of pocket to travel. Right. And, uh, so then I quickly realized I was like, I need to, you know, change up the lifestyle. I bought a car, you know, better MPGs, um, had to put the, the ego aside and make sure, you know, I, I wasn't trying to be cool and what whatnot. I had already lost my hair at this point. So it was all downhill from there anyways. So, lost your hair. Got, got, so I got the car dude. And, and then quickly realized I was like, I can't fit everything, man. Like I had a subwoofer and amp and I was like trying to put that in the trunk. And I'm like, I got three, like it was. So then I was like, yeah, I'll adopt the minimalist thing. But like I said, dude, I struggle with the whole overpacking thing. It's funny. I tell my mom every time I go off somewhere, if it's, you know, Puerto Rico for winter ball or if it's the season somewhere in the States, it's, dude, I'm like, I'm not going to bring this stuff. I'm not going to bring as much stuff. I'm, I get done packing and I'm, I'm rolling out two freaking big old briefcase things and duffel bags. I'm like, where did all this stuff come from, man? Like, what do I got in here? And, uh, but yeah, man, that's, I don't know why I just went on a tantrum like that, but yeah, to answer your question, I, I definitely am not a minimalist at all by any means. (laughs) Man, you gotta get yourself a van, man. We'll just rock the van life together. Bro, I, I kid you not, man. Like I'm not even like, oh, dude, see, here's the, here's the thing. Cause I, like I said, with that whole sentimental value thing is I have that with my car too. And we've been through some times, dude, I've done 11 cross country road trips, um, you know, a couple road trips to like Arizona. I'm constantly going back and forth from NorCal to SoCal and uh, just so many good memories and so many good bonding moments with that car. I don't know if I can kind of just give that up and then adopt the van life because you know how it is, man. You get attached to something and maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. But um, I would have to give up the car, you know, adopt the van. But then I was also looking into like, okay, what can maybe my, my car can haul, you know, like one of those teardrop trailers or or yeah, you know, yeah, pop-up sweet, trailers man. yeah yeah but like every time i talk to someone from like the toyota dealership they're like hey don't 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 haul this dude your transmission's gonna blow i'm like gosh it might be worth it though dude um <laughs> but yeah man because I, I i just like i don't know it, going back to like the whole as i'm getting older and more quote unquote wiser and mature um I'm starting to see like the natural beauty in in life right like the natural beauty of just this earth and I know mm-hmm. that sounds really hippie-ish, but I, I mean, it's true. And uh, I just want to be like more connected to it, right? So, you know, I grew up like going camping all the time. Like grew up going camping. We actually lived out in like the woods. We, we had property out in the woods for a little bit when I was younger, like right after my dad retired. And it was, that was another lifestyle that I kind of just adopted at an early age, like always being outside, like going to sleep in a tent and waking up to the, to the sunrise, circadian rhythm, like just on point, dude, like 
I just love that style. And I've, we've completely, I should, I say we, but I'm definitely talking about me. Like I've completely gotten away from that as I've progressed in age because technology, right? Like you're always close to Wi-Fi or you're close to somewhere and there's nothing wrong with that if you got like work to do, but it's true, man. Like, you know, the evolution of, of the game. So think about this is like, you know, we have a lot of downtime, right? So we get to the stadium at like, uh, for me, I get there super early, but normal guy gets there like noon, one o'clock say team meeting at two right so you always want to get like an hour before you have to be there game doesn't start till seven so you're going to have a period of time there where you're not doing anything and um it's funny like going into the clubhouse and just being like observant and just seeing how many people are just in their phone and like there's just there's no like communicated like no communication just in their phone and i'm not saying this like bag on any teammates or anything i do the same thing but that's just like the way we're progressing as a as a you know human race so definitely it's crazy man like technology i don't know like i i was always out in the woods out in the you know countryside reading a book and mm-hmm. i love to do all that stuff still but i mean like everything i do work wise is done through the computer through the the phone you know I and mean, that's basically my office wherever i go and it's kind of like a double-edged sword because you're able to connect and, and get mm-hmm. work done wherever you go but then you're also not Dude. able to disconnect and kind of separate yourself Yes, man. I uh, I need the audio to this so I can soundbite that and throw it on like Instagram or something. I was, it's it's so true though, man. Because it's you need it, right? Like, I mean, I run a I run a remote, you know, pitching online business, and um, it's the same thing. Like, I have clients that I constantly need to be around Wi-Fi to like make sure that you know I'm putting in the work for them so that they can get better. And then mm-hmm. you know, with my like with my brand, really, you know, hashtag Robbie Rose Show. Like, I need to make sure that I'm taking the necessary steps to grow that right because like, like i said dude i'm like addicted to that stuff like constantly just yeah, seeking, yeah. seeking ways to improve so i know it definitely is but i think i think for me it's it's organizing a plan right like we can we can talk about like you know uh, preparing and planning later in the show but it's it's so essential to even like when you wake up or even like the night before just writing down like okay you know i'm gonna set aside this hour on this day you know, set aside six o'clock to seven o'clock. I know that I have nothing going, you know, make sure that I spend just 60 minutes outside reading a book, you know, get it in. Lately, Mm -hmm. I've been doing like, I've tried to biohack my sleep. So I'll do like mandatory 90 minutes before bedtime. I'll do phones down in the charger, uh, you know, turned over so I can't see them nor hear them. Um, And then uh, put, you know, get a book in my hand, get the book going. And uh, I've noticed, like, I track my sleep and I've just noticed better sleep quality. And then that next day, just feeling so more, you know, energetic, ready to go. So I think it's just so much goes into planning that and being intentional about it um, to to find that, like, perfect routine. There's there's a lot to be said for being, like, proactive instead of reactive. I mean, that's that's honestly why I wake up early, because if I wake up late and I feel that I'm already behind in the day, then it just throws off my entire day. So if I wake up early... And can like, you know, get ahead. That's why, I mean, I woke up at four, four this morning to start working on clients. But if yep. I had slept in, then, I mean, I'd be like just playing catch up all day long. And I'm just, I'm just negative and pissed off at that point. You know, it's not yeah, good. What does that do for your, yeah. What does that do for the people around you too, right? Like you want to be a constant like influence, uh, whoever like comes your way. It's funny because like yeah. I look at my life, dude. And I just remember because like the professional baseball schedule is very grueling. Like it's a grind, dude. Like we can we can get into that later, but you know, games are at seven long games, three hours, three and a half. Sometimes, 
you get in, you get in the clubhouse, you don't want to really like move too fast because the game just got over. Maybe you had a bad performance or whatever. You know, you get you get your food, you shower up, shave, you know, put on deodorant, whatever. By the time you get out, it's eleven thirty noon or noon. Wow, midnight, and uh, and then you get home. And then you're like, well, I kind of want that home time, right? Like by myself, kind of wind down. The next thing you know, it's two and you're like, okay, I guess I'll go to bed. And um, I just remember when I was younger, it, uh, it was, you know, stay up, playing video games, you know, playing cards, shooting the breeze with the roomies. And uh, I'd wake up, I'd be like, ah, I didn't have to wait, go to the field the next day until one or two. So yeah, I'll just wake up at noon, you know? And uh, it's so funny to see how I've progressed now because I mean, people think I'm so weird, dude. I, I'll like get out of the field like on a quicker time unless I pitch that day. Then I'll do some like recovery protocols, but I'll get done, you know, shower up, go home. And then as soon as I get home, it's like phone down, get the book in my hand, read, you know, do like a Mark Pro unit on my arm or anywhere on my body that needs, you know, some, some tender loving and then, uh, and then just go to bed. And then my body just, I'm so adapted and I'm so excited to attack the next day. And I think, you know, Obviously, you probably can attest to this, like the ketogenic diet lifestyle is just you don't need as much sleep. So I'm waking up, you know, I'm getting five, six and a half hours of sleep. and I'm up, dude. I'm optimal. I'm ready to rock, you know, and then you know, yeah. make, making sure that your morning routine set too to, to make sure that that next day is, you know, optimal as well. So what can you control in the morning? It's like, boom, wake up, you know, sunlight, got to have that sunlight, you know, get outside for like a quick five, 10 minute walk, get that in you and make sure you're drinking water. And it's, dude, it's, yeah. Like I said, I'm addicted to that stuff. Like, right. Like how can we optimize performance and how can we just how optimize often, potential? hundred percent, man. How often do you have to like ha have a game? How many days a week? Oh dude, it's every day. It's the, the, so the days that we get an off day are just like whole Christmas, bro. It's uh so when I was, so before I got hurt, I was in North Carolina playing and we had a stretch of 26 straight games which is which is pretty uncommon like the the union and the scheduling they try to do a pretty decent job say like we have a 12-hour bus ride then the next day like they try to you know give us that off day right to sleep in or whatever whatever it takes but um sometimes it just doesn't work out man and if you know you don't like it then you're in the wrong business so that's just the part it's of the grind insane. i love it's the extreme good. extreme you know sports extreme everything though like that's just like you're either cut out for that or you're not Yes. And when you are, I mean, you just thrive off of that. So like a lot of that, a lot of people would be worn down by that, but some people just like are energized by it, you know? Dude, it's like I said, it's an, for me, I don't know if it's weird, but like it's a, it's an addiction, man. Like it's that natural high, like, you know, just, just making sure like you're doing everything that it takes controlling the controllables, right? Like, yeah, maybe the scheduling sucks and maybe, you know, I will get three and a half hours of sleep and probably not great quality of sleep because the air conditioner at the Super 8 Mode Hotel is broken and it's 84 degrees and there's cockroaches everywhere and you're grinding. But at the same time, you just embrace that suckiness, dude. And you're just gritty and you, you make sure that you don't make that excuse and you've got to set yourself up mentally to succeed and Oh man, that's a whole nother podcast probably, but yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. What, what, um, so, so what is like a, a standard nutritional protocol? Like the, the people you play alongside with, they even put much thought into nutrition or is it you, no. you pretty much just you? Yeah. Oh man. Okay. We're diving in. We're diving in. All right. Uh, so nutritional protocols, professional baseball. I will say before Except I start. Seeds and tobacco, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a staple um so i will stay say before i start this rant um i do want to add that organizations are doing a much better job 
in today's day and age with making sure that the guys are getting healthy, quote unquote, healthy foods, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which along every, like, I, I just think that's just baseball in general, right? Like the game's evolving. You know, there, I think more light is being shed upon those facts. But I will say, dude, when I got drafted, um, I'm 18, right? So I'm a buck 80 coming out of the pool with a tux on. Like I'm just skinny kid, like had never touched a weight. Um, first taste of pro ball was, you know, you get to the field and uh, all that's there, dude, in the kitchen is PB&J. Maybe some deli meats, right? With white bread. And you're just like, yeah, this is this is normal, right? Um, and then I think right around 2012, 2013, it started progressing into like, okay, we'll buy a George Foreman, we'll have a freezer, and we have some like frozen chicken breasts that you can, you know, you throw in the George or just make your sandwich with with the same ingredients, right? So peanut butter, deli meats, cheese, um, mm-hmm. it's it's always going to be there. And then right around 2015, 2015, 16. Um, I think it got more, it it took another step, right? So, hey, we have, you know, uh, depending on the organization, I'll speak for the ones that I've been in personally. Um, But uh, right around that year, it was like, okay, we bought, you know, we invested in a Vitamix or a Blendtec. And in the fridge, there's berries, you know, bananas, whatever. uh, And you're on your own to put whatever you want in that smoothie. Um, and then that was like revolutionary. You're like, oh man, I'm freaking getting fruit in. Like I'm healthy. <laughs> and um, just recently uh, I got my first taste. Like I said, just got to the uh, Rangers organization and they do a good job because they like cater um, and they'll do like a block period of, so, okay, say you know, noon to one, you know, in the hotel lobby, if we're on the road, we have this company's meal, you know, the, or, or this restaurant's meal. You know, come down and get it, and uh, and then after after the games, we'll do the same thing. Even if we're home or away, like we have, hey, we have this company. They that they're catering today, and uh, that's just like a way like eye opening, right? Because you're they actually like wow, they care about us, right? Because before it was almost right. like okay, we're minor leaguers grinding. Uh, there's no really emphasis on our nutrition. Um, but yeah, I you know I don't know if that answers your question, but like it's just a it's a constant like progression, I think. Um, it's probably just going to be continuing to grow in that aspect. And, uh, like I said, it just depends on the organization. I think, I think, um, cause if you get, if you get like a game every 26 days and you're like 26 days straight and you're, yeah. you know, traveling, you're probably not having a whole lot of time to just go run off and head to the grocery store and come back and cook you up oh, a meal, right? Dude, that's unheard of. Like I said, man, like I get so many weird looks like when I do my like ketogenic meal preps for like a series. So I always say it's, uh, like you get out, you get out of it what you put in, right? And uh, yeah, I understand. Like I've been 18 to 21 years old before and I understand you can put anything in your body and you're still going to wake up probably feeling optimal and looking good still. Can't tell you how many people I've seen just be able to do that. Call it genetics, call it you know, fast metabolism, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, you know, as I'm getting older, like I'm 26 now, right? Like I, I can just, I see like, okay, I, I got to control these things. Like I got to be able to do this because not only is it, is it physically benefiting, but it's mentally benefiting too, because I can look at the end of my day and be like, okay, I did everything that I had to do that I could control to make sure that I'm, you know, able to perform between the lines. Um, but yeah, man, it's tough. Like you don't, you just don't see guys going to the grocery store, meal prepping, putting in, you know, a ice chest and taking it on the bus or even at home, like making sure that 
you know, you're, you're cooking something up before getting to the field, throwing it in the fridge. And then when it comes, comes time to eat, like microwaving it, um, I, it, obviously like I'm having to do that a lot because the, the weird way we as ketogenic people eat, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you get out of it what you put in. I mean, I always tell guys that. What, um, what, I mean, what is everybody else just eating what they have available to them there? I mean, what, you get all kinds of strange looks. People are asking what the heck you're doing. Are they pretty open to it or are they oh, kind of like judgmental dude. towards it? To say the least, man, I get so many strange looks. It's just, it's cool though, because like it gives me that, that opportunity to shed light upon it. Right. And I'm not going to be the guy that goes out of his way and says, dude, like you probably shouldn't eat that. Like we're all adults and we should all have an understanding for it. But I think, you know, especially in the baseball community, it's never been a big um, topic. You know, it's just been like, hey, like, let's go train. We'll go train in the weight room and then we'll go hit or we'll throw and whatever. And it's we're so active that it doesn't matter what we put in our bodies. Um, and that's kind of just the way it's always been. Um, but uh, but now, like, I come along and people are like, what are you eating? Like, why do you why do you have an avocado in your pocket? Like, what? And I'm just like, yo, I got to I got to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm doing what it takes. Right. And uh, so answering the question, like what's available, like you'll 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 have your typical layout of the, the deli meats, cheese, um, peanut butter, jelly, <laughs> bread, and then um, have your layout of snacks, right? So like your gummy bears and uh, your pretzels and cookies and Oreos and man, we can go on and on. Um, but anyways, non, non keto foods. Do you just like on the tour bus and, you know, whip out your can of tuna and clear the bus? Oh gosh. I, I never do that. I never, there's a rule in minor <laughs> league baseball or probably just baseball in general is like, you know, no pooping in the back of the bus. So I think that falls under the category no, no opening tuna. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the same thing for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like you got to control what you can control, right? So, like, what I can control is making sure that, you know, maybe before the bus ride, I just had a super satiating, full, fatty meal that I'm typically probably not going to be hungry with for the next X amount of hours or whatever. Um, or say it's just a really long bus ride and you can do that same thing, but then have like, you know, some almond butter, which I know is dangerous, but it's, you know, it's better than you know, peanut butter or something. Um, yeah, or, yeah. or like an avocado. I'll just, I'll crack open an avocado, throw some pink salt on it and go to town. Um, you know, or wrap like a sausage around it or something. I don't know. But yeah, like, you know, just making sure that you're, you're prepared for the, the upcoming grueling grinding schedule, I guess. What, what gets you into doing keto in the first place? Like, were you doing this when you first started baseball or? Oh, no. No. Yeah. So that's interesting. So, um, I'll try to keep it brief as well, but I was always the guy that could eat whatever, right? I was still going to be skinny, athletic, you know, explosive. I was, it just didn't matter. And, uh, it was funny cause growing up, like I never, never did the veggies, never did fruit. Like I just eat whatever, like, uh, I would live in a really small town, right? Like one or two streetlights and, uh, growing up, it was like the only thing you go eat in town. At least it seemed like to me was McDonald's. <laughs> so when lunchtime mm-hmm. hit at school, like it was like, Hey, get in the car, McDonald's, two double cheeseburgers, some McNuggets, sweet and sour sauce and a medium fry. Let's roll sweet teas, a dollar. Let's go. And then, uh, and then you're just crushing. Right. So yeah, I mean, I never really had to worry about that stuff and it was never really important to me. Um, but, uh, so the long story, uh, or the short story of the ketogenic introduction was I got, uh, this was last year, 2017. So I I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the midst of my, my year anniversary of keto, but, uh, it was, uh, I think it was May, May of 2017. I was pitching 
indie ball and I got hit dude right in the face with a comebacker uh like 100 miles an hour off the bat just struck me right between the eyes and um a lot you know luckily it wasn't uh anything too serious like obviously it was it sucked but i had like a deviated septum broken nose had to get surgery and all that but i knew like i was gonna be down for a long time and that was something i hadn't experienced right like being down not being active because i'm just so i'm always so hyperactive always like in the weight room always training always running just doing something active and this was gonna be the first time in my life where i was like okay i I got to be on a couch, you know, just resting. I couldn't even look at a phone like this was miserable because uh, like concussion protocols. So I was like, OK, I think trying to like come up with ways like, you know, to, to stay fit, to stay active, you know, keep the metabolism going. And um, so I got into like the intermittent fasting. Right. So I was like, OK, this is something I can do. I'm not ex- exhorting a lot of energy, so I know I won't be that hungry. Um, so I did dove into the fasting protocols. You know, I was doing like 16, eight. Um, obviously, when you start, you just. I don't know. You don't really know like the scientific behind it or anything. So you're just doing it to do it and probably doing it wrong, probably spiking your insulin with, you know, cream in your coffee or just whatever it is. So I was probably doing it wrong. But I think as I got more into it, like that, that addictive personality of mine started coming out and uh, started like diving more into it. Like, how can I, how can I really like get to the bottom of this? And, and then, you know, obviously through that, um, keto came about. Right. And, uh, kind of complement each other very well in that regard and um just so happened that i'm like okay what's this keto thing right and uh, i remember going to the field one day like i'm getting close to my return um from the disabled list and like i was talking to one of the guys on the team that was like big into fitness and you know similar similar personality as me and name is brent dean and um and he introduced it to me and he was like yeah dude, i've been doing it this year and like this dude's yoked right like you always kind of tend to I like flock towards these people because you're like, hey, what are you doing, man? Right? Like, I want to look good mm-hmm. naked. So, yeah, yeah. So he was like super cool, man. Super open, dude, about it. Like, he was like, yeah, this is it, and this is how I do it, and you know, these are the protocols. And I'm like, okay, man, like, cool, cool. And so, you know, he was on my team, so it was like perfect, right? So we were like both into it, and and then we got like two or three other guys into it. So we're all kind of like doing this journey together and holding each other accountable, and and. uh and yeah, man, that's like the, that's how it all started. Right. And then you can talk about like the evolution of it, um, throughout my life. Right. So like just get diving deeper into it and just learning more about it, never being satisfied with it. And then like, obviously self-experimentation through that. That's freaking awesome, man. Like it's, it's cool to see, I don't know. I was asking people what got them into it in the first place. So you with the injury, yeah. I don't know. What, what did you notice? Like once you started playing again, how did, how did it compare? You know, you, pre-keto versus post-keto with regards to like your performance yeah so that's interesting and it sucks to say it but i'm gonna have to be completely honest with everyone is it sucked when it came to performance i mean you know how it is dude like you can't um you're just changing drastically right like your fuel source is just it's changed and i think i didn't get my mind wrapped around that at first and doing it in season, man, is is probably not smart. Um, anytime someone asks me about it, I always say, like, make sure you have, like, a block of one or two months. Get your body fat adapted, right? Because it's a grind. Um, mm-hmm. So, I do it. And, I, and I'm doing it right when I'm coming back, right? So, I, I switch right when I'm coming back and I'm starting to throw more. And and I remember, dude, my first, like, uh, my first couple outings, I was a starter at the time. So, you're expected to, you know, go five to seven, eight, nine innings. And I remember. Um, like I'd feel so good. Like one, uh, first, second, third inning, 
And then I just hit a wall, bro, like hit a wall. And then I started doing, uh, I'd, I'd bring like a little Ziploc of like C4 pre-workout into the dugout. <laughs> so anytime mm-hmm. I'd start like a, after inning three, I know like, okay, I'm just going to freaking crush this pre-workout and I'd be good to go again. And then I remember a specific outing, dude, like it was out of nowhere. I just like felt really good in the beginning, which I had been doing. And then like innings four, five, six, seven rolled around, dude, I got stronger as I was going on. Like it was like my velo uptick, like felt really good going, uh, you know, as I can continue to go. And I was strong. I was like, uh, you know, I was in the hundreds, 120 pitches. And then what really just blew my mind, dude, was the next day I woke up at like 5 a.m. and I was wired. I was like, dude, I need to go train. Like, I feel so good. I was like, I can pitch again today. And that's unheard of in the baseball world. Like, you're constantly popping Advils, constantly popping anti-inflammatories because it's a, it's such a, like, grueling task, right? Like, it, uh, throwing a ball overhead is not a natural um, structural or movement. Um, so, mm-hmm. you're you're going to get sore from it. You're going to get inflamed uh, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, that was something that I was like, I had to deal with, you know, with constant inflammation. Like, okay, I knew after an outing, like I was gonna have to, you know, take some, some anti-inflammatories to actually just be able to function the next day. Cause you're on a five man rotation. So you throw 120 pitches on a, on a, you know, on a Monday, like you're, you're getting back there on a Friday. And, uh, you know, I don't know if my math is right there, but you're getting back there, like you're getting right back up on the horse. Right. And you're still throughout that week having to throw and still work on some stuff. Right. Like, make sure your pitches are all in line and whatnot, your feels there. So it's not like you can take just three days off and then throw the next two and be ready to go. Like you're constantly having to throw, you're having to do that, that movement over and over again. Um, but going back to that day, I was just I remember waking up and it was like, we're in the hotel room at 5am, like I'm wide awake and, uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to train, trained, like just got after it. And I was like, gosh, I feel so good. And then I remember getting to the field and throwing that day. And, um, it's like, gosh, I could, pitch again like I could, I could honestly pitch again and it was just such a surreal moment um and I was like this is it right like this is this is the answer because you you totally limit I mean you're depleting yourself of all those things and I'm not I'm not going to be the one to sit here and say like carbohydrates are like the, the devil and they they're terrible but I will say like since I totally depleted my body of that like I'm not uh I'm not as inflamed you know I think I think you, research have you points had like have you carved up at all or had any kind of like cyclical keto yeah. or you just kept it straight? Yeah, so like I I kind of touched on earlier was like the whole experimentation phase. Um I'm mm-hmm. I'm so fascinated with that. So uh I would set aside some times, you know, if it if it be off season or in season, it doesn't really matter to me where I'd set aside uh, I think like a block of 3 weeks in the off season when it just came to training protocols that I was like I'm going to do cyclical, right? So I was going to do I was going to do three days, um, three days keto. Um, and then like, I'd have like a carb backload, I think w- what you would call it. So I'd at night, right? Like my last meal, I would, I would go, mm-hmm. I would go about 150 to 250 grams and then wake up the next day. And I'm like you, dude, I'm waking up three thirty four AM. I'm going to train. And, um, and it was cool. Like, here's the thing. And, and it's, it's weird, like kind of saying it out loud, but, um, I, I increased a little bit in strength, um, as far as like what I was pulling from the floor, you know, what I was back squatting, what I was pressing, um, what I was carrying, you know, I think all my strength numbers went up. Um, but, uh, I just, just what came with that was like, I don't need it because it wasn't a drastic jump 
and I did, like I said, I only did it for three weeks. I, I, I'm aware of the time frame is not ideal, but I only did it for three weeks. Um, and, and just the amount of like weight that the strength numbers went up, um, sacrificing it for the way I felt, it wasn't worth it to me. And, um, but I also did it a little bit during the season to see if it would I- increase power output, like on the mound. And it was a fail. Like it, it didn't, it didn't do anything. And I felt, I felt worse, right? Like I didn't feel, feel as good as I was. Did it, did it affect your like recovery time at all? Um, re- recovery? No, I didn't notice anything in recovery um, on, on that. It was just more of just like, I was, gosh, man, like I was, I don't know if you've done it or anything, but I was just hungrier throughout the day, which led to being more cranky, which led to just negative vibes. And I don't like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I like to be satiated and I, I like to be full throughout the whole day. Um, and I just like that feeling, you know, of knowing like, okay, I, I did this right. Like I went about this the right way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's so much to be said for that. Like I, I don't know, like I haven't really experimented a whole lot with the cyclical. I had in the past, long time ago, before I ever started being strict keto. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. My argument is, my theory is that the longer you're adapted in like a strict ketosis, yes, you, the better you're going to get. You know, your body's becoming more and more efficient with each month and year that goes by. And for me now, being you know strict keto for four years straight, like my body has no desire. My performance is not going to benefit whatsoever from the carbs. Like I'm just functioning at a much better rate right now and that makes me i mean there's no no desire for the carbs at all like it's not even an option anymore dude the coolest so yeah dude um piggybacking off of that the coolest thing about that is one like i tell people once you get fat adapted man like strive for that because then there's so many benefits that come with that when i was doing cyclical man i got up to like 250 grams of carbs maybe 300 sometimes crushing you know man, I wasn't smart about it, but like pancakes, potatoes, you know, hash brown, like all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. I'd go train and, and I said it before in the show, like, obviously we're burning so much. Like we're outside. I was in North Carolina where it's just freaking humid as heck. I mean, you know, I, I know, you know what that is. So, um, just, you're just constantly burning, sweating at all. And I finally came to like the thing like I was testing right like I was making sure like because it was like a new experiment to me like okay how quickly can I get back into it right and uh dude I would do that nighttime load um like 250 per like a window of three hours and then the next mm-hmm. day like I'd test and uh, wouldn't be in and and uh, my insulin would be pretty high and then I'd go for a training session or I'd go to like practice and then 90 minutes after I was done and kind of calmed down I'd be back in and it was like, gosh, that's so cool, right? Like you constantly kind of fluctuate in and out. And and now I say that, like I don't, I don't know if there's any benefit to that. I just know it's like the body is so adaptable, and it's so fascinating um, to touch into those like type of topics. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. Like it, it is very adaptable. I, I just think that there's a difference. I mean, it's not all just about the the millimolar. For instance, like a lot of people think. Okay, as long as I'm in, you know, 1.5 millimolar, it's yeah, all a good lot of whether I had a, you know, carb meal two days ago or not. And it's like, eh, not, not necessarily. A lot of people chase the, like the ketone readings, yeah. Yeah, but what what is, um, so since you've seen like the increase in performance and just like your ability to recover faster, have you started kind of, you know, getting the interest of a lot of your teammates? Are they kind of wanting to play around with it now too, seeing how much you benefit from it? <laughs> yeah, so you know what the coolest one was is, uh, so I did a, f- five maybe six week uh carnivorous approach and this was um it was a cool time period because i had a set period of 
uh, six weeks, I was going to winter ball and I knew exactly the starting date. And I knew exactly what the ending date was. And it was six weeks, even. And I said, okay, I'm going straight carnivore. I was diving into a lot of Dr. Sean Baker stuff, you know, obviously Danny over at uh, keto counterculture, like a lot of his stuff and, um, was like, you know, why not? Right. Like, well, why wouldn't I try this? I'm so for experimentation. So I did it. Right. And, um, it was just right in the thick of winter ball. And, uh, so I dive into this and bro, like I was just like, it was a, whole nother feeling but that was the type of approach where people started going like what are you doing man i mean i'd crush freaking three pounds of steak in the morning be satiated and full throughout the whole day and then at night uh you know two three more pounds and uh, i just remember like everyone started like the word got around like my roommates from home or uh, my roommates from the apartment that i was living in there like told the whole team and i just remember them thinking like this is this guy's an idiot right and then all of a sudden my performance just goes way through the roof dude like i came in um say I, like i came in throwing like 90 92 right and um i think by like the f my first couple outings maybe a week or two into the, the, the diet, like I went up to like 94 and then a week later, 95 week later, 96. And I got all the way up to like 97 miles an hour and that's high power output. Like that's a drastic increase in, you know, just strength performance, like whatever, you know, throw your word in there that you want to use. But that's when people started going, what, dude, like this kid, is he on to something or is he still crazy? Right. So that's when like a lot of people started like saying, oh, I could eat meat every single day. Right. And then it was cool for me because it gave me the test to understand the knowledge behind it and understand the science behind it and kind of reiterate the things that Baker says. And, and it kind of gave me like more, um, uh, a more desire to, to know more about it because not only am I doing it and doing it for my body but i'm also having to kind of back it up right uh, every yeah, yeah, every single sure. day so yeah man i mean definitely people have like gotten i mean you know how it is people just go what dude you can't do that right you should you probably get it all the time with with strength training and, and just putting on muscle it's like you can't do that right it's so out of the box and then people start looking into it the thing i always say man is like my goal is completed when the individual that gives me crap on instagram or or whatever, wherever they, they give me crap. I don't know. I get it a lot, but my job is done or I've done my job when they start doing their own research on it. Because as soon as that they can do their own research on it and dive into it and kind of step outside the box for that brief time period, then I've done my, my due diligence, right? Because I think once you start doing that, and especially in today's day and age with, with all the stuff that's coming out about it, um, you know, I, like I've done my part. Yeah, for sure. I, I love it. I love it when people tell me I can't do something. That's like, oh. I just, I, I, I thrive for those words, man. Oh, man, um, you and me both. We're wired this air. Um, so what, what kind of, what kind of steaks were you eating when you were doing that six week carnival experiment? Yeah. So I'm actually doing it again right now, um, which is cool. We'll touch on it later. So it was tough. I was in Puerto Rico. Um, it was just after the hurricane. Don't ask me the quality of meat. You know, I wasn't going to a local butcher or anything, getting grass fed, grass finished organic meats. I wasn't doing that. I was going to Walmart. I was going to the grocery store, uh, Cinco Pueblo, whatever it was called. I don't know. Um, but I was just going wherever it was a little bit cheaper. Um, and I was crushing, dude. It was, it was great because like, I think the first grocery shopping, um, we did there was at a Walmart and it was right around, they had porterhouses, five ninety nine a pound, T-bones, five ninety nine a pound, New York boneless, five ninety nine a pound, ribeyes boneless, five ninety nine a pound. And your boy was just 
dude, two carts. Like, and it sucked too, man, because we had an apartment on like the 29,000th floor. And I'm always so stubborn about taking an elevator. Like I try to take the stairs and I'm just grinding. You don't want to take two trips. You know how, you know, alpha males are with yeah, two trips, dude. So you're, you're freaking, you're hauling stuff on your earlobes and you're putting bags around like <laughs> elbows and stuff. And you're, I don't know, besides the point, but yeah, those are the type of meats. And, um, obviously not like super quality, but, um, I have to believe that we are so adaptable and, um, we're, we're so meant to kind of consume that types of food that our bodies do an incredible job of, of taking the, the necessary things out of that to, you know, to benefit us most. I have to believe that. Um, and now that I'm doing it, so I have a four week block period. Uh, like I told you earlier, um, I, I just suffered a grade two lat strain and I got a PRP and they sent me home. They sent me back to my parents' house in California. So I have four weeks of minimal exercise. Um, I can't say on the air that I don't know how to do minimal exercise. Um, so I won't, even though I just did, but, uh, I, (laughs) I am now able to control a little bit more, um, you know, being in the States. Um, so I'm looking into finding like a local, uh, rancher or just going to like a local butcher. But, uh, like I said earlier, it's tough because I live in such a small town. Um, that yeah. I'd have to drive like probably an hour to find someone and my car is still in North Carolina with all my life belongings in it. So just still grinding. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, like I can go to the local, local grocery market and by local, I mean, still another 30 minute drive and, um, and you know, get some, I do, there was just a, what was it for? I think four seventy nine a pound New York's. I'm a big New York guy. What, what, what are you out of curiosity? I'm a ribeye man. I love my ribeye. Of course you are, dude. So, do you ever notice though? Like, I need to understand this because, like, I pride myself on the ability to cook a mean steak, right? Um, yeah. Uh, and and when it comes to ribeyes, man, I just don't think I figured it out because I I don't know. It's just it comes out and like because I like mine pretty rare, right? Like so mm-hmm. juicy, but and then I start eating. It's like I don't know. Maybe it's just I, I just think it's too slimy to me for some reason. You know, I mean, is that just the cut or should I just get used to that? Or is that some way I'm cooking it wrong? It's probably a combination of all the above. Like with ribeyes, I've found, I mean, it's so much difference in like the, the quality of the meat. Like I've eaten ribeyes that have a completely different flavor profile right. from another ribeye. You know, where they come from is is a huge factor. Um, how are you cooking yours? Dude, I experiment with everything. I, um... I haven't done the souve thing, which I saw you were dabbling into. You, you, you big fancy guy over there. But uh, I, I usually just do. Um, this is going to sound pretty embarrassing, but when 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 Doctor Baker goes on his his steak talks on Instagram Live, like I won't really pay so much attention to like what he's saying. I'll pay attention to like how he's growing his steaks because if you're doing it for mm-hmm. multiple years in a row, like you got to be growing those things to perfection, right? So, kind of understanding like okay, like there's a there's a there's a science behind it, right? Like you got to heat it up, you got to throw it on one side for X amount of minutes, throw it on the other side, and I think the the one thing I'll say and and it's um. It's always the arrow, not the Indian. I think I'm just dealt with faulty equipment every time I butcher a steak, right? Like it's not my fault, but, uh, I've been dealing. I'll tell you one thing that's been super easy, man, is I've been deep frying my steaks. In what? And like, I've used like avocado oil, olive oil. Um, I've used coconut oil even, but like doing that is just like foolproof. I mean, you, you heat up the oil and you throw your steak and you flip it and it's, it's all she wrote, but it Whoa. tastes amazing. So do you have a deep fryer like um, 
kitchen machine thingy? No, I just use a big old deep dish, like cast iron skillet, like that. We got a right. big old lodge cast iron skillet, and I'll fill it up, you know, past the halfway point with oil, and then I'll just, you know, cook it on both sides and flip it, and then I'll just reuse the oil, like I'll strain the oil into like an empty bottle, and I'll just reuse that because it's not like any germs are gonna grow in, you know, deep frying oil. So, so that doesn't dominate the the flavor of the steak, though, like an avocado or a coconut oil. No, the the olive oil does a little bit. I think the avocado oil is much better. Um, but if you use like avocado oil, and then you know, once it's cooked, put your like a slab of butter on top of the steak. Uh, I mean, that's like hard to beat, man. Yeah. So I knew we were gonna talk be talking about food this morning. So I had to make sure that I had uh, had two pounds of New York before we got on because I'd just be dying right now if you I did. What your calories are? Like how many macros you're taking? So, in dude, that's with, like a, five steaks a day. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a good uh, that's a good topic because I will say. Um, and I've listened to a lot of your stuff on in the past too about it is like when I first started, I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything possible to like get the most out of the diet. Right. So like obviously tracking is like the biggest thing, right? Like, um, what am I eating? Like got to punch it in my, my fitness pal or whatever, like got to make sure that I'm scanning the barcodes and I'm, I'm doing all that. And I did it for a good, like two to three months with implementation of, uh, like testing glucose and insulin or, uh, insulin and ketones. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, dude, after, after I think like three months, man, it was, I think it was doing more harm than good because I was like stressing out about like not hitting a certain macro, um, or going over something. And then next thing you know, like I'm not fully enjoying the diet and lifestyle because at the end of the day, like you should do things that, that you fully enjoy and you're, and you know, you're able to, I don't know, seek, seek that fun out of that. So like now, ever mm -hmm. since I stopped, dude, it's, it's just been such a relief because like I'm able to just enjoy it. Right. And I think that goes with a grain of salt because obviously you probably enjoy like eating ice cream all the time. Right. It's not, it's not that it's, it's mentally knowing that, that you're doing it like the correct way. And, um, I think since I did like do all that tracking early on, I kind of got a, a, a good feel right. For, for what was in what, what, uh, what did what to my body, how I responded, you know, not just that day in particular, but like the next day, how it affected my sleep, how it affected my performance the next day. And I just did all of that. Right. And, uh, I think I had a pretty good understanding of, of that moving forward. Um, but with the stakes, man, like I don't, I don't track it. Like I, I track it, I guess by pounds. Um, I, I don't, I don't do like calories. Uh, I just, I, I, like I said, I did before and it was, it was more, I think it did just more harm than good. I guess the good part of it was coming from understanding what did what. And now I can't go to the grocery store without looking at freaking nutritional labels, uh, for three hours straight. I'm addicted to grocery shopping too. Is that weird to say? No, dude. Like I literally take Crystal on grocery store dates. Like that's where we go. <laughs> like, that's, so that's, that's that, so that's how you swoon women. Like that's that's I gotta write that down because like I uh, you know it's wow. I mean I'm the same. Like I'm so weird, dude. Like if I know for a fact, right? Like I don't need anything. And um, mm -hmm. you know in the off season it was tough because I'd go to the gym at like say you know four thirty, and um, and then as soon as I got done it was like six seven a.m. And uh, that's when all the grocery stores were opening and it was along the same road that I needed to get to, to back to the back of my house. And it was like, okay, on the right was this store on the left was this store on the right was this store. And I was like, I couldn't just pass like up. I couldn't pass all four grocery stores, right? Like if I passed two of them, like I was probably taking that left to get to the third one. Cause like there's always something there that you can do, but I, I'm the same. It's so crazy. But um, going back to like the whole calorie thing with steaks is, you know, I kind of just determine like how I feel and, and how I'm operating, um, you know, in a more detailed approach, right? Not just like, okay, I felt great today. 
uh, I felt great next day. Like, no, it's like, it's more, there's more into that. Like, how was, how was I cognitively, right? Like, was I able to, you know, hold a full podcast conversation, right? Like, did I stay in tune? That's another thing we can talk about with keto, dude, is like, I I talked briefly about like my, my ADHD and, and, and and stemming into like pitching, right? Because like, especially as a starter, you need to be locked in for multiple innings at a time. And that was another thing Mm -hmm. that I struggled with pre-keto was I'd, I'd go a whole inning and, um, not be able to like lock in, not being able to focus. I was like, gosh, dude, do I need to go on some like Adderall or something? Like this is, this is struggle. Um, and then I think keto like really locked me in, you know, folk, uh, cognitively wise. But so that's, that's kind of another thing like I, 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 I take into effect is, you know, how, how much can I focus? You know, like say I have, like I'm looking at a list of things that I need to do today and it's like, okay, I've crossed one off that list. I got eight things more. Like, can I be able to do all these things, you know, and I'll challenge myself with, a time frame like can i do them all before 5 p.m so then i could just totally throw everything out you know and 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 wind down so it's it's understanding uh like the detailed approach within that not not just you know am i feeling good or what so you know today i'll i'll shoot for since i ate my first meal at around like uh 6 30 I'll, I'll probably shoot for like five pounds a steak um so I'll, that's uh, crazy so you gotta be getting like do you add butter or anything to it or you just eat it I don't, yeah, so I, I, so I don't, I don't, yeah, I used to do like the butter and everything and ha, dude, how about that Kerrygold lawsuit right now? You, you on that? Yeah, that's kind of, I I don't know much of the details. You know the details? I'm interested to yeah, well, learn I'm the not, details. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend to be like a lawyer or anything, but essentially what I got out of it um, was that they, like the, the, the cows, they weren't, they weren't grass fed. Um, I think, I think what they came back with was that, you know, like the FDA kind of came out with that thing saying if the cows were grass fed for what, like two or three days in the beginning stages, then that, that the, the grocery stores can market as grass fed. Um, and then, yeah, which is crazy. stupid, dude, like that's a whole nother podcast. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I won't even go into the details of the Kerrygold thing because I don't want to, you know, be the guy that butchers it and then, you know, uh, someone, someone's opinion is formed. It, it is crazy though, man. It, it's sad that, you know. Because everybody eats Kerrygold mm. on keto, like there's like a staple. Everybody knows that's that is. That's why I have trust grass. issues, yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that is exactly. why I have trust issues right there. <laughs> I've been eating uh, al fresco butter. Have you ever had that? No, dude. Be, like I said, man, it's tough because like not only am I in a small town now, but like I was during the season too. So you go to like the local grocery store and and you can't even find organic butter, dude. Like you're. It's it's the spread, you know, it's the margarine stuff and and the teams have like all that stuff, soybean oil, like, dude, it's and that's another thing. Another part of like my evolution into the, the lifestyle through nutrition is I'm so much more like focused on the actual ingredients of things now where before it was kind of um you know, just look at, okay, how many carbs? Okay. Is it a high fat con? Okay. What's the profile on the protein? Like, okay, um, I'm good. Throw it in the cart. And now I'm becoming just so much more obsessed with like, okay, what's in it? What does that do to me? Right. So like nitpicking each and every like ingredient and then kind of saying, okay, I'm going to go week with, um, with like this type of mayonnaise on, you know, my, my bunless burgers and see, and see what happens. And then I found, dude, it was tough because I found this and it's hard to say it because I love this meal, but I would do like, I, I'm going to be gross, but I would do like ground beef cooked in butter and, um, smothered in like a, my special sauce of like mayonnaise and, um, mustard. And it was just so good, dude. But I found after a while that I didn't respond really well to soybean oil. 
and what kind of manual mushroom just like a typical hillman's or something like yeah that? it was like the typical like free range egg you know um yeah. mayonnaise that like oh i want that right like that's the stuff i want i want free range eggs so then you grab it and then you use it and um but yeah every like shoot man with condiments like i've learned that it's all soybean oil and you know yeah it is it really is yeah it is so like you know now it's now it's me you know putting that that pride aside i guess and be like hey look if if you want optimal performance and you're gonna have to make these sacrifices so you know it's that um but uh but i've been using uh, that primal kitchen mayo and like i keep plugging them like in like my content but i mean i'm addicted to that stuff because it's it's super clean and it's just like an easy, easy way to get on top of your macros. Dude, like if you need more fat for the day, yeah. just slap a little bit of that Primal Kitchen mayo on there and it's, you're good to yeah, go. Yeah, so the, I the, I think I reached out to them. They actually were awesome, dude. Great people run that company because I felt so bad. I contacted them and and this was, what, this was before the season. I said, hey, this is my address. And they're like, yeah, we're happy to send you some, you know, uh, post on your Instagram or whatnot. And it's like, awesome. And then like... I, I thought it would get there quicker. I think it took like five days, but I had already left for the season. So it was just sitting at like that apartment that I was at. And then I reached out to him again, like a month later and was like, Hey, you know, you sent me this. I, I'm completely sorry, but I was gone. Um, is there any way you can send me more? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. You know? And I just totally forgot to like give them an, an updated address, dude. So they sent like another box to that address that I was at before. And I think I just have like, I have like two boxes of, of, delicious primal kitchen condiments just sitting at my buddy's apartment right now <laughs> man you've got some homeless guy just totally chowing down on that stuff right now <laughs> <laughs> just doing my part man <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um so so you don't put any butter or anything on your steaks you just eat it as is so you, you might get in like five thousand calories man oh dude steak, I, you know? I when i was tracking like i would i feel best on five to six thousand calories um but like i know there's no way to and your weight stays pretty consistent i lose weight um, not on, not, not on a carnivorous diet. Sorry. Not on a carnivorous diet. Do you titrate down when you're like, like, like now, for instance, when you're injured, do you, you're not taking in that much now probably, Yeah. Right? So this is like the, this is the cool part of the experiment is that this is the first time in my life that I won't be doing any strength training. Um, the only thing I can do, dude, is like go for a walk. Right. So like I'm probably hitting, um, so this is a cool time for me because I'll hit like three podcasts a day because I'll just throw in the headphones, go for a walk, be gone for 45 minutes and, you know, come back, probably hit three of those a day. And that's like the only thing I can do because, mm -hmm. I mean, you know how it is with, with like the muscles in your body, dude, the lat takes so much of that heat and, um, and oh, yeah. I can't activate it right now. And like I've, I'm quickly learning that it wants to be activated on everything, dude. So like I went down for a, like just a simple like stretching circuit. And uh, went to go to touch my toes, and I'm just like, oh man, I can't even do that. So it's, yeah, man, it's it's tough for me. Um, I mean, How'd you tear it, again? dude? Just throwing a baseball, dude. It was crazy. Like I came in, I think it was like the seventh, eighth inning in a pretty crucial situation, and obviously the adrenaline was high, and it wasn't even like in the game. Like I was warming up for that upcoming batter, like between innings, and uh, I went to just rip a rip a pitch, man, and. And I just felt the thing just like absolutely tear. And as soon as it happened, I fell to the floor, dude, like blacked out. And uh, I thought like, I mean, I know I sound soft right now, but it was crazy. Like I thought I ripped like everything. I thought my arm was like falling, like on the ground. It was, it was excruciating <laughs> pain, dude. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the sport, you know, that I love. So. <laughs> was it like a lower lat attachment? No, or it was, it was, a, a lower no, no, was, it was uh, right under the armpit. 
actually, you know, that, that, I don't know what it's called, but that, that, that big tendon, that's usually pretty stiff when you're doing like a, say a shoulder mobe thing. And it's like very tight, um, like right under, mm-hmm. right under the armpit right there. Like that was it. And it's funny cause I still like, I'm feeling it right now. And I remember like the, the next day I looked at it, I looked at my back and I just have like a boob. It's like a boob, dude. Like it's so like, it's just built like with flu, like it's off. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I apparently it's just fluids, but it's like all jiggly and stuff in, in, in my back. <laughs> I'm going to title this podcast, uh, Rob with the back. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a rap song. Actually. I'll make sure to put your intro beat in there as well. <laughs> Very cool, man. Well, what'd they say? Like, so as recovery time from that, like what's, what's your predicted, like when will we be able to get back on the field? Yeah. I mean, that was the, um, that was like, you know, the relief part because I'm sitting there, dude, in, in, in a small town, North Carolina, thinking I just ruptured everything, right? Like I'm thinking surgery, I'm going to miss a year. Um, I'm 26, like, well, shoot, man, you can only imagine what was going through my head. So getting the diagnosis and it was a crazy diagnosis because it's such a, a hard muscle, I guess, to identify. Um, cause I had to like go through the shoulder and see the shoulder and see the rotator cuff, see all that stuff. So I had to get three MRIs in three different locations, flying me all over the place. Um, finally flew to Texas and, and got, um, the final MRI and, and the team doc diagnosed it as a grade two, um, which was like the second best option. Um, we all kind of thought it was going to be a grade three, which would mean the muscle completely torn off the bone and, you know, surgery repair, miss a year, maybe more. Um, so knowing that it was a grade two and, um, the only thing that they did, like I said, with the PRP, let that heal. I think it's like four weeks of like minimal activity, not doing anything like just resting. And then August 21st, I'm scheduled for like another MRI to see it structurally, see if like, if, if it's actually repairing and you know, if it's cause the human body dude, like going back to that, it's so crazy. And uh, seeing like what it can do as far, as far as like healing purposes and recovering purposes, apparently like that's a part of your body that does a really good job of healing itself, especially when it's like not torn off the Mm -hmm. bone. So, um, me, you know, I mean, especially like being keto and knowing that I'm, I'm a superhero and, uh, it's going to heal like 20 times faster than a normal person. I kept telling the doctor, this is funny. Um, but he was like, yeah, man, you know, four weeks. And I was like, yeah, give me two, give me two and I'll be all right. So, yeah. So, um, MRI on the 21st of August, figure it out. And then I think we'll plan our next steps, um, after that accordingly. Awesome, man. Let me know like how fast you recover because I would definitely be willing to bet that your recovery time will be short. Is that not a you great know, experiment yeah, or what? Yeah, I mean, who who can argue? Who can argue that? Because right. I, mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like you'll be back playing much sooner than they think you will. So, yeah, that that's that's a good point. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think like how I can. I guess I can't track it just because you know, like between you and me, it's it's um it's something that they told me like not to do. Right. So like not do any like physical activity for these next four weeks, but definitely after like they say, they give me like an okay to like strength train and build the muscle back up. Then I think I can start like tracking and determining um, the healing properties on that. And then we'll freaking yeah, send just, it out. Just determine how, yeah. Just determine how long it takes you now. And then once you get fully recovered, tear it again and then he carves and see all right we're gonna we're gonna run back this process guys so this is rob uh ketogenic non yeah that'll be good for my youtube vlog speaking of youtube vlogs dude i absolutely give you praise on hitting one every single day can we talk about that yeah oh my gosh we can talk about anything man like i i'm I'm not doing a series like currently like i just finished one and i'm gonna start a new one here soon but 
yeah, when I'm when I'm doing them in the middle of one, yeah, it's, it's every single day, yeah. which is kind of yeah. exhausting. So I, I did one. Um, I did one from for April. Um, did a did a vlog series every day, and because um, I'm like trying to like I think it's I like I said I have a fascinating platform. Um, with like the baseball and the nutrition, like it, like your platform is very interesting and people want to see that. So I was like, okay, like let's vlog. Cause I love being on camera. Like I'm not afraid to admit that. Like I love being on camera, looking at myself, dude, it's, it's great talking. It's great. Um, but, uh, but dude, I didn't realize cause I'm, I, I consider myself like pretty good when, when it comes to technology and editing software and doing all that. But bro, it took an absolute toll sitting down at the end of the day and editing all that, man. Like, how do you do it? You have to definitely have like a rhythm, man. Like there's there's days, especially if like the day gets away from me and like unexpected things come in, which of course it always does. So like I'll be just staying up super late or waking up super early to get this vlog out on time. And you can't let yourself get behind because like if I'm doing a daily vlog and I get behind, oh, dude. then I mean, it's like just point over turn. Like how are you going to catch right. up, you know? But you got to just like make that as much as part of your day as, you know, brushing your teeth. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I don't like I, I always because I, I like subscribe and I see like every time you post when I get an email and it was every day, man, that consistency. But I think you and I talked about it like before, like we even had a conversation. I, I like reached out to you. And I think the one thing that you said to me was just be consistent with the content. Right. And that was something that like I took very seriously and i was like dude you're right because say you say you bust your butt on uh like a particular instagram post or a youtube video or a podcast and uh you do all the the, the things necessary right to make sure it's good and make sure that the individuals looking at it or listening to it or watching it or whatever are, are pleased by it and and then you don't do one for like a month and then it's like well they, they kind of lost interest but if you're constantly like putting that stuff out there whether and and, mm -hmm. and and for me i'm i'm in the grinding stages right like i told you i don't have like a lot of subscribers on youtube like i don't have a lot of i don't even know my numbers on podcasting but in the beginning stages it's going to be a grind like you're going to get discouraged when you post absolute fire and like it doesn't you don't see the nobody yeah, sees you it nobody hears you don't, it. Yeah, exactly. you don't see that return but like i mean i've seen with your youtube page man like just the constant you know pumping it out and it being consistent with it. And now, you, I mean, do you know how many subscribers you're at? Uh, I, don't, I don't even check it, man. Like, I try not to check it. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I check my stats on my podcast once or twice. Yeah. And then I just stop looking at it. Because, like, if you focus too much, like, you want to know where you're at. But at the same time, like, you don't want that to become the driving sure. motivation. Like, what I've got in my mind now is just, like, you know what? Screw it. I don't care if it takes me freaking 50 years to get as many subscribers as I need. I'm just going to grind it out day by day. And then, you know, we'll just see what yes. happens when it all Yes, up. dude, because it's, it's, man, that's so true because you can see, um, those are like type of accounts and I'm not, I'm not going to say these things to blast any in particular account or whatever, but you can just say the, or see the people that are in it for like that quick buck, right. That, that just kind of come in and come out and they're not, you know, they're not in it for the better, the betterment of like the individuals, right. They're just kind of like doing it to do it. Right. But when you see like a foundation built upon the actual care for the, the knowledge that you have and, um, the, the care for like the people, you know, around you, like, dude, it, it's, I mean, once you've built something on that foundation, like that's so much more stronger than, you know, something that, Oh, I want to make money. So I'll create a YouTube channel, right? Like I want to create money and sit at home all day. Um, so I'll do a podcast. 100%. Man. I did not start seeing any success with anything I did in life until after I gave up the whole, 
you know, what's the quickest way to make this thing happen approach. Now I look at everything as through the lens of, all right, if I just continually do this every single day in some form or fashion for the rest of my life, will it succeed? And if the answer is yes, then I'll jump into it because I know I'm freaking stubborn and bullheaded <laughs> enough and have enough work at them to just freaking dive in and grind. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? Like the ability to grind and, um, and, and almost, you know, falling in love with that, right? Like you have to, you have to love what you do. And I mean, if you're not, if you're not loving like that lifestyle that you're living, then you got to change it because it's, it's going to get too taxing. And, um, and that's no way to live, right? Like you, sh- you should want to seek out things in your life that give you complete joy in anything you do. Like you should want to, you should want to do that. And I think we, as people, we lose sight of the, we lose sight of the fact that we have a choice to do that. And I know other people's situations are a lot harder and, and I can't speak for those people. I don't know where those people are at, but you know, say ba- my baseball career ends, right? That's something that I love like dearly and say it ends tomorrow, right? Like, I don't know. It could I get hit by a bus tomorrow. I don't know. But I need to, I need to regroup after that, right? Like life's not over and I need to find something that I yeah. thoroughly see myself enjoying. You know, I don't want to go sit. I, I'm not built for a cubicle, right? Like I'm not built for that. Like I, I need to find something within my personality that I can wake up every morning excited to do it. Cause I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've been there in your life, dude. Like it's such a drastic change when you're waking up every morning, like excited to attack the day, like excited to like experience. Oh, hundred percent, man. Like you think about it, you think, I mean, you, you have one life to live, right? So like if you wake up every single day and you have a motivation to do that day's tasks, the work that you're going to be able to accomplish in that day is going to be much more amplified in quantity and quality. Whereas if you wake up and have a, a job that you hate and, you know, regret going to, I mean, you're going to be just like dragging your feet all day long. You're not going to get shit done for yourself or the company, you know, but if you are, you know, compelled by what you're doing, then the value that you can add in your lifetime compounded over years and years and years is going to be such more of a great, you know, legacy than if, if that wasn't the case. So finding your strengths, leveraging those strengths, and then finding something where you enjoy the process, not the finish line, but the process. I mean, that's all you need and you will Oh, succeed. dude, preach it. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like we, we as human beings, we're so flawed. And I think our, one of our biggest flaws is we always seek that instant gratification and we always want like that here and now thing. And we lose sight upon that process, right? Like we lose sight upon, okay, like I'm at A, like it's going to be a grind. It's going to be, you know, so many other things in the middle of that to get to Z. And I think for someone to, you know, thoroughly like, like enjoy that process of, of just seeking optimal, like being the optimal human being, right? Like just doing, you know, seeking things in your day to better yourself as, as just a human being. I think that's like a process that you can enjoy. And I think that foundation is so much stronger than any foundation built upon money or uh, fame or Instagram followers or, or whatever. Right. Like, I mean, it's so 100%, weak, man, hundred percent. I'm getting like a lot of flack right now because like keto brick sells out in minutes and like not everybody gets one. They're all like, Oh, you got to scale your business, you know, get outside investments, go find a co-packer. And they're just looking at it from like the A to Z approach. And me, I'm just like, yeah, but if I do that, I'm going to give up so much control. I'm not going to have near as good a pulse on the market and what y'all are actually doing. So like, I'm going to build it all, bootstrap it all from the from the ground up organically. And I'm just going to be dug in deep, you know? Yes, sir. Yes, dude. Love that. You're pumping me up right now, man. And it sucks because I can't train, dude. Um, 
So yeah, <laughs> go on a really hard yeah, walk. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna crush this walk. I'm so big into like um, <laughs> the 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 whole. Before I say the next thing, first of all, I haven't gotten a keto brick yet, and um, uh, I don't know, man. That's what you need those long bus rides, man. Not not the not the. <laughs> I was gonna say, dude, that's like the perfect thing because the, I mean, I don't. I think I looked at the ingredients, but what is um? Does it like melt? Like what? What is it? Um. No, man. I mean, if you like leave it sitting in your windshield dash for like, you know, six hours sitting in a hundred degree temperature, it's going to melt. But sure. if you just like have it in your bag or something, you'd be totally fine. Speaking of 106 degree temperature, you want to hear how weird Northern California is. I wake up this morning, it's 49 degrees out and your boy's putting on slippers, a beanie and everything. And then by 1 to 2 p.m., it's going to be 105. Like it's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, where are you at? Are you still in Arkansas? Fluctuation. Yeah, I'm in Arkansas now. Oh, are you not? Are you podcasting from the van right now? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm in my townhouse right now. I got a little studio set up with like my little podcast. Uh, yeah, scene I've, I've seen it. I don't, I don't stalk you or anything. Trust me. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, what, yeah. Uh, what city in Arkansas? What is it? Uh, I'm in Northwest Arkansas. I'm in Fayetteville, which is like the little college town here. It's super pretty. It's like right in the middle of the Ozark Mountains. So it's just, it's beautiful. Um, yeah. So in 2015, I think and 16. Um, I played in Northwest Arkansas. Um, I'm trying to figure out. I'm, I gotta Google it. But Bomb Stadium. Do you know if it's like the 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 Royals? Um, Royals Double A. Royals Double A. I'm trying to think. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I don't know as baseball as near as much as I should. I, I should have prepared more. <laughs> with you oh, dude, no, it's um. Uh, anyways, we'll, we'll move on. But yeah, I played in Northwest Arkansas. Um, yeah, 2015, 16. It's uh. It's woof. You want to talk about hot humidity? Woof. Grind. Yeah, it does get pretty humid. I gotta ask, dude. Do you sure. like go on runs in that weather? Yeah, honestly, like you get acclimated to it. I mean, wherever you live, you you kind of get adjusted to it. I mean, like when you go to like uh, you know Colorado, for instance, everybody complains about you know the uh, elevation, the air, density, yeah. elevation, and whatnot. But like in people that are living there, they're familiar with it. So same as here with me and the humidity. Um, but yeah, California, I mean, you got the freaking crazy drastic change from 40 to 105, you know? Springdale, Arkansas. Are you close to that? Yeah, Springdale is like 20 okay, minutes away. Yeah, so you're, yeah, I've, I've been in that area. Pretty nice area. Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, sweet, man. What what are you excited about apart from getting your, your lats back in action? <laughs> what is the next thing? On oh, your, man, yeah. dude, I'm excited about life, dude, and, and continuing continuing to like find new ways to just better myself i guess if that sounds weird but i don't know it does or not but um the like the thing that i'm i'm seeking out nowadays is just like how can i make like someone else's day better right like obviously like i'm i'm a man of faith so that's like a big staple within like the lifestyle that i live but it's it's a true thing and it and it's true about like being intentional about that so obviously it's a tough situation to be in right now with this injury um and it's like okay now how do i progress through that right like am, am i still who i am because if i'm if i identify myself as a baseball player then you know like i well, like we talked about with the foundation like that's a weak foundation to build yourself on so if i if i'm identified a baseball player and i get hurt like okay now what am i like who am i right now so it's it's finding it's finding like where where my foundation is and if that's with you know the platform that i have that i've been blessed with like understanding that I have a voice and like you have a voice, like influencing as many people as you can throughout your day. 
and just trying, you know, to, to make someone's day. And, and it's so crazy because we constantly think like, okay, I have to make someone's day by, you know, buying them, um, like the, a lunch or like buying this homeless guy lunch or whatever. Um, it, it, it goes beyond that. Like you can do something so little as responding to an Instagram direct message about like, Hey, what video software do you use? Right? Like what you did, like what you, what you did for me. Like it's so, it's so true. Like it, things like that, like everything has an impact and everything makes a difference. And I think the position that I'm in right now is, is neat because like I'm hurt. I obviously can't do the one thing or one of the, the many things that I absolutely love and have a passion for. But at the same time, like I know I'm, I'm not Robbie, like the baseball player, right? Like there's, there's more to me than that. So now it's, it's growing in those other areas, right? Like the first thing that happened when they told me like, yeah, you're going to miss a lot of time. I was like, cool. Like that gives me opportunity to, to do more podcasts, grow my business, influence others, spend more time with my family. Like there's, it's always half full, right? Yeah. You don't ever want to define yourself in any one like physical, you know, state or being, because then like you said, I mean, you get injured. I mean, you're out of that. I mean, you've got to find a way to add value in a way that goes far beyond any kind of physical, you know, manifestation. So I think, you know, the podcasting, the the content creation that you're doing, you know, growing your business, just giving people time. Giving people time is the greatest asset of all. I mean, money is secondary to time. I Dude, yes, that's huge, man. I think I just read a quote about that, about time. But uh, I'm not going to reiterate it because I'll absolutely butcher it. But um, it's something that's constantly overlooked too, right? Like we don't even think about time. Yeah, maybe we always say like, oh, time goes too fast. But like how are you managing your time, right? Like I got to hop back on here like next month, dude, because we got to have a podcast on like time management and like we got to do all this stuff. But, uh, but that's, 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 yeah, yeah, that's huge. Like time management, like, right. Like having a plan and, and how to, how to like plan out your day and, and prepare your day to, to fully get the most out of life. Like we only are, you know, you never know what can happen like the next day. We're not guaranteed anything in this life. So how can I live each day and how can I live the amount of hours that I spend awake to, you know, to, to get the most out of me and influence the, the most amount of people that I can. hundred percent, man. You get, you get the, the right outlook in my opinion for thanks, sure. Dude. Well, thanks man. I, I mean, shoot, that's, that's a lot coming from you too. Cause your outlook is, I mean, that's definitely something to, uh, something to take from this. So I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. We're, we're all in this together. We're on the same team for sure. Yeah. And then speak, what, what can people, sorry, I got to, I, I, no, I was going to say this again. Um, I, I, I talk to a lot of people like say like athletes, right. About my, my diet, because it's cool for them to see like that side, that side of me, um, as far as like the, how serious I take mm -hmm. nutrition. And I'm like, yeah, man, like jump into the, the keto. Like, I don't, I'm not afraid to, to, tell like a 17 year old junior in high school like yeah man like try it because i i that's just what i believe in and it's my opinion and it may, it may be right or wrong but like i don't have any problem in like telling someone to go keto depending on the age just because i think it is a healthier yeah what do they that's what i'm saying like i think it is a healthier way of living and i and i don't believe that it's like it, it'll cause destruction one way or the other but um that's what i'll say like you know the coolest part about this whole, like what you said, we're all in this together is I think the ketogenic like community is, is awesome. You know, like even, even the people that you would consider like Instagram famous that are like in the ketogenic community, like you, Danny, like uh, Jason Whitrock. So you had a, like a um, collaboration with him, like all those guys, like just down to earth people too, right? Like they're not afraid. Um, they're not, they're not afraid to, you know, help, help the random Joe guy out on 
you know, his, his ketogenic journey. So I think that's another thing to like take away from this is like when you dive into this, say, say, you know, you're kind of having struggles with it. Just know that a lot of people are going to have your back, even if it's, you know, no one in your household does it and they all like shun you for doing it. Just know that there's going to be a whole support group and a whole like community out there to support every single one, like step of your way. So I think that's huge. hundred percent, man. Like everybody that's seen any success in this space should know whether they do or not, but they should know that all of that success comes from the community. So it would be like, I, I'll never put myself on such a pedestal that I would think, you know, down to somebody that, that comes and asks a question. Or, I mean, like that, that, there's no room for that. Like my success is because of that person, right. you know, so I've got to always have an open mind and be grateful, practice that gratitude. And just do everything I can to help anybody, whatever. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, uh, it's so like, I got my mom like doing it, like she's having some success with it. And then it's funny. Cause like my grandma, 78 years old started her like ketogenic journey and, uh, like she's lost like 17 pounds. Like she's got her whole like older folks home community, like doing keto and dude, it's, <laughs> awesome. uh, it's spreading like wildfire. I mean, it's great. Go grandma. Yeah, for killing sure. the game, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweet man where can people go to find out more about you yeah brother? man so i'm i'm freaking i'm everywhere dude so i think my biggest platform right now i spend the most time on instagram uh robbie row one two that's robbie with a y and uh twitter um spend a little bit of time on there at robbie row underscore one two um youtube is just robbie roland I'm going to be doing more activity on YouTube. Like I said, I have like three weeks left of just straight downtime. So I think I'm going to start like a nice little vlog series um, and then send it to Keto Savage to do all my editing. Uh, and then and then <laughs> podcast is The Robbie Rose Show. You can check that out. I'm actually just about to start diving into more of like uh, ketogenic individuals and like biohackers, entrepreneurs, because um, kind of all I've done so far is like you know, baseball, strength training backgrounds, medical backgrounds, uh, kind of things like all to do around the game. But uh, but I'm excited to dive into uh, the nutrition aspect of it. And then um, so that's podcast. And then my website, if you're listening to this, interested in optimizing your pitching performance is the Um Let's see. I have a Snapchat, but I don't really like Snapchat a whole lot because Instagram's absolutely dominating everything Snapchat sends out there so it doesn't even really matter uh and yeah man i think that is it as far as how everyone can stalk me now <laughs> nice, nice. Well, i'll link out to those that people can stalk you as much as they like yeah there you go man i appreciate you <laughs> for sure man well, robbie like i said it's been a pleasure brother and i learned a ton about a lot of things we're gonna have to do a follow-up round too because be I don't know, your, your situation is constantly evolving i'm just always keen to figure out what it is you're doing and where you're going yeah i mean that's another cool part of like the lifestyle right like constantly being on your toes like as soon as you get on your heels like that's when you start you know losing or getting behind like you said and to, to constantly be an individual who's just on their toes and always ready to adapt i think that's huge so appreciate you man 100%. appreciate you uh inviting me get me on here and uh love all the stuff you're doing keep up the hard work and um did i see you got i saw you got engaged right yeah yeah, yeah. so so congratulations on that is the is the wedding in the van or what <laughs> no, the wedding is going to be at our at, actually at my family farm uh down south arkansas so we're going to have there's like a field down there with this big oak tree uh, and we've had that farm in our family for like four generations. Oh. So we're going to get married underneath that tree. You going to wear a cowboy hat? Heck yeah, man. 
Oh, I love it, dude. Well, congratulations on that. Congratulations on everything that you're doing and have been doing and just keep up the good work for the uh, the better sake of humanity, dude. Likewise, man. Definitely keep in touch. Let me know if there's ever anything I can do for you, brother. Absolutely. Appreciate you, dude. Take care, bud.